Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and I'm excited to chat with Miguel Hernandez, one of Udemy's original best-selling instructors with courses on everything from creating awesome demo videos to online dating. Miguel is a sales funnel and webinar master, and I can't wait to learn from him. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Miguel, thank you so much for being on the show, which actually has a name now. It's called the Online Course Masters Show. Welcome to the show, and uh, I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me on your show. That's a great name. Um, <laughs> when I heard you were doing a podcast and you invited me to be on it, I thought, great, this is awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> well, Miguel, I've known Miguel for a while, and we actually got to meet up in person at Udemy Live, there, the Udemy conference back in 2016. And it was just awesome, an awesome experience getting to meet each other. And I feel like we're very similar in our work ethic and the things that we're doing. So it's going to be a fun chat. So for people who don't know anything about you, can you just share a little bit about your background and what you were doing before you started creating online courses? Yeah, of course. So my background originally, I'm from Spain. And back in 1996, I moved with my family to Canada. So I've been just over 20 years living here. And originally, I studied mechanical engineering. I worked doing that. Then I did a little bit of uh, filmmaking, worked on music videos. Then I taught myself web development. And I did a little bit of freelancing, uh, creating websites, and also as a videographer, and then I uh, started, uh, I tried to start a software company and it, that didn't go too well. And then after trying that, I started Grumo Media, which is my, my animation studio where we've been for now six years creating explainer videos or promotional animated videos for lots of startups in North America and Silicon Valley. And also around the same time, I started teaching online and I was one of the first uh, online instructors on Udemy back in 2011. And it's been a fantastic experience teaching there and seeing how the platform has grown and seeing many other instructors being successful, including yourself, Phil Ebiner. Uh, so that's pretty much me. You got it down. That was that was perfect. So <laughs> in terms of Grumo Media and your animation business, I, I remember talking to you about it before, about the ways that you've automated the process and that you've been able to outsource some of the work can you kind of talk about what it was like when you started out and then how it is today uh, because I know you talked a little bit uh, about maybe stepping back away from that a bit mm -hmm. uh, is mm -hmm. that still what you're kind of doing yeah yeah so when I started like most people it was just me and then because it was the second time around that I tried to build a company I, I had learned some hard lessons the first one don't try to do everything yourself so I thought this second time around I'm gonna do everything I can do to find people and delegate as much as I can so I can remove myself from the everyday tedious task of the business and focus on growing the business or just doing other things Right. So I read two books were inspirational for me to do so was a, a very popular book, The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss and the other one, The E-Myth Revisited, 
which basically is a book that teaches you precisely not to work in your business, but on your business by creating the systems, the workflows, uh, and, and hiring systems and financial systems and you name it, marketing systems. So you don't have to do everything yourself. And also when you bring people to your, to your team, you don't have to explain everything from scratch. They can go through this uh, standard operating procedure or manual or Bible. In my case, I call it the Grumo Bible. And that makes it a lot easier to scale your business and to detach yourself from the everyday uh, operations. And so that's what I did from day one with that in mind. At the moment I started hiring people, I created, I started building that Bible uh, for all the aspects of the business from how to deal with leads, how to do marketing, how to actually create the videos and, and also a little bit about the culture and why, why we do what we do and keeping track of all of that and also systems for, for finance, for keeping track of bookkeeping and, and you name it, right? So the systems for almost anything you can do on a business, I created a system for that. I documented it. And as much as I could, I delegated that uh, so I could have a business where it's low maintenance and keeps me feeding, you know, pays the rent. (laughs) I am so bad at this and I know I'm bad at this. And this is my goal. One of my major goals for this year is just letting go and but also doing the work to figure out how to outsource some of the work, even for this podcast and maybe you can give me some advice like even of for this course. podcast right now i'm recording this this episode is probably going to launch in a couple months um mm-hmm. after the podcast launches but i started going on upwork to hire someone to edit the podcast for me but yeah. then after i started recording them i'm like ah, i'm just gonna do it myself so mm-hmm. i've been doing it myself and it's just one of those things where like i feel like oh well it doesn't take me that much time to edit the podcast let me just do it myself but man i just i just need to let go but what what can you tell me or what advice can you give me to like specifically like say for this podcast like finding someone to just edit it for it for me what yeah. advice and what do i have to do to to let go and do that yeah, so for the, for the podcast or for anything that I've done, uh, you can use the same approach. Is first of all, learn to let go. <laughs> yeah. But before you learn to let go, that you're doing something well, which is learning to do it yourself. Because that's the first step that you need to do in order to be able to then teach somebody else how to do it. So once you know exactly what you want to do and how to do it, you can teach it or you can document it and just create a little document or standard operating procedure was like, these are the five things that I want you to do on, on editing a podcast. And you have to make sure that you remove the ums and the uhs. And, and if there's some mistake, you get rid of that. And you, I want you to put the intro and the outro. And this is how I do it. And this is what I expect. And then you give them an example of something that you've created that you're proud of and that you can they can use as a reference. And then once you have that, the, the hardest process really is to find people that are reliable and loyal and that they charge you the amount that you're willing to pay for, right? So you have to become really good at letting go, documenting, and a skill that is hard to anybody, even you've been through this for a million years, is finding the right people and keeping them happy. Because one thing you don't want to do is having to rehire people constantly. And my, the way I do this is I have a, a, a system, like everything, I have a system to hire people, which includes rating them according to specific criteria, uh, in my case, I hired mostly animators, so I'm looking at, at five criteria on each animator, and then I rate them from one to five, and then maybe I get 100 applications, 
uh, the more you get, the more chances you'll find somebody good. But I mean, you don't want to overwhelm yourself. In my case, I, I maybe I, 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 I get a hundred applications. I rate them. Then I take take the top ten percent. Then I interview them, and then I hire the, the the best possible candidate that is available, right? And that meets all the criteria. As you can see, this is a very tedious process. And yeah. And it, but it's worthwhile on the long run because now after six years doing this, I got a, a, a team of 10 to 20 people depending on how busy we are, but I don't have to keep finding them. They, I already build the trust. They, get, they always get paid. Uh, so one thing that I do to keep them happy is make sure that I give them really clear instructions so there's no room for misunderstanding. Second, I'm always available anytime they have a problem or I sense that there's some problem, I get on the phone. And third, and probably very most important to build loyalty, is that I pay them immediately within 24 hours. Uh, and I've been doing this consistently for six years. And if you're an uh, a online contractor or a contractor in general, make, you know, a lot of people are living uh, paycheck to paycheck. Paying somebody immediately is not something that they get uh, happens all the time, right? And I also, so not only I pay them within 24 hours, I also make I sure I pay them good. Right, mm -hmm. because I'm finding the best people. I don't expect them to be the cheapest, so I pay them well, and it's okay. Maybe my margins are not as high as other people, but on the long term, I don't have to worry about so much turnover because they know that it'll be hard for them to get this kind of treatment. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's really a lot of work at the beginning, but it pays off on the long term. So if you're looking for a video editor right now or somebody, that's, it'll be worth for you to train them to a level where they're really comfortable, that they know they're getting paid well, and you're really working towards building a good relationship with this person, not just, uh, you know, do this because I tell you because I'm paying you, more like, okay, I really like what you do, let's connect, not just as a professional level, but maybe we can connect as a pers at a personal level, and then not only you get a great a contractor that does great work, you're actually building a, a relationship with somebody that, you know, that's invaluable, right? Yeah. Um, but uh. it takes a while, it's not easy. Yeah, and I feel like we could just have an episode on outsourcing. But and I have a couple more questions. Are there ways that you do you have a system for knowing how much to pay? Like, do you? Um, yeah, I guess I'm wondering, like, how do I base what I pay, how much I pay for different tasks? Well, it is tricky because I mean, like compared to how like how much how much should I pay someone versus doing it myself? Like. How much well, this about? is actually that's not that hard. There's a formula that I learned from Dan Martel, a uh, Canadian serial entrepreneur who is also insanely obsessed with uh, systematizing absolutely everything and creating frameworks for everything. He's got a framework about precisely what you're asking for, which is imagine just decide how much worth your hour is, right? And you can do that dividing your income. So let's say, I don't know, if there's 2,000 hours of work a year that you can typically people put work in, divide that by the amount of income that you get. So let's say you make 200,000 a year or something like that. Maybe it comes down that your hour is worth 100 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. So he says that for anything that is $50 or less, 50% of your hourly rate, you should outsource that. And you should be okay to pay 50 bucks an hour to, for somebody to take get rid of that task. Because in the long term, you know that basically you're losing money if you're doing anything that you could pay somebody less money than you are worth it. I don't know if that makes sense. So if, if, if that hour of time is $100 worth, right, you should, if you want to scale and have more free time, hire somebody to do that, 
right? Yeah. That uh, so and obviously if you're making less, it would be less. But in his case, which obviously he makes a ton of money, but he, anything that is less than I don't know, uh, two hundred bucks, he, he just outsources. He's like, I don't care. You charge me a hundred bucks, but that would be two hundred dollars of my time. You know, so I'm actually saving. Uh, money right okay um, this is really inspirational and i think that kind of that formula is easy to remember and it's something yeah. that i can use and my goal for myself after this podcast is i'm not going to edit another podcast i'm going to find someone to do it for me and i'm going to create that system i already know what i want it to look like but this podcast that i'm recording right now is going to be edited by someone else <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I like that attitude. It's like, why are you going to wait? You know, yeah. you've already done 10 of these yeah. and you know what it, maybe it takes you an hour. I don't care, but that's an hour that adds up. Now it's 10 hours of work that you could have been doing something else. Right. right? right. So, and, and like I say, if you're starting out, I think the first episodes or whatever makes sense for you to do it because not only you enjoy it, you learn, blah, blah, blah. But, 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 and then you, but the, you're building that knowledge that then you can use that and transfer that to somebody else's brain and basically, pay them to Got do it. it yeah oh yes it's like a breath of fresh air going back to the online courses and outsourcing though what do you think the best things to outsource as an online course creator would be initially hmm, that's a good question because i haven't in that case i haven't outsourced a lot of my online courses mm -hmm. but that's because i haven't really done that many courses in 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 five years right i got really just 10 online courses so uh, in that case, I haven't outsourced a lot. Let me see what you could outsource. Definitely all the stuff that uh, it's very tedious. So video editing. So, something that's very time consuming is, uh, and you know this, is editing, compressing, uploading, mm -hmm. uh, creating all the, the course outline, like creating all the, all the titles, the descriptions, uh, even. So all of that, everything that has to do with video management, I would outsource that. Right, especially if you have a lot of, if your courses are long and you're creating a lot of courses, definitely that's something that should be outsourced. Right, get a really good video editor or something like that, and then probably the next thing we get get a good copywriter because uh, if if you and copy is so essential in marketing, right? So if you want to create a really good sales page, uh, it can, it can take many hours to craft a good sales page, mm -hmm. and there's people that do this all the all the time, right? And they can help you craft with your input uh, something that sounds like you, feels like you, but you don't have to write everything, right? Uh, copywriters become essential, I think, when you're doing email marketing. Like, you know that, and I've been learning this last year because I've devoted a lot of energy and resources in learning more about email marketing that a lot of it is based, based on email automation, right? Sequences of emails that get people onboarded into your brand and eventually they, it leads to a sale. Well, this is like a ton of emails. Like you can have like sequences that are insanely complex and they need to be updated and all of that. And so hiring a copywriter to do that probably, and I see all the people that are very successful at doing this, they do it because it's very hard to scale that. Uh, mm -hmm. But there, those are all good things. Yeah, I think the video editing is like the first thing, but it's yeah. also, this is just another thing where it's like I have to let go, but it's the hardest thing for me because that's my background. And so it's like what I am a perfectionist about, but it is the most time consuming. It is. Uh, and you know what? And this is where it is what you want to accomplish in the future. 
But if you really enjoy that, remember, once you start growing a business, the more you outsource, the less you get to do sometimes the stuff that you really enjoy doing. Mm. And, and then you become a manager, you become a, a business owner. And those are different skills that are you have to be really good at hiring people, firing people, and making strategic decisions and all of that, right? Uh, and what I see with a lot of business owners, including myself, is that that means that you're going to stop, stop doing a lot of the stuff that you originally enjoyed doing. So if you're okay with that, it's fine. But like sometimes it's like maybe you enjoy if like in, if in your case, you're a video guy. You, you that's your passion, right? And outsourcing that means you get to do less of what you enjoy doing. And the price, well, the one well, the advantage is that you get to grow your business and make more money. So if that is your goal, that'd be great. Outsource as much as you can. But remember, you may end up doing stuff that you didn't enjoy as much at the beginning, right? right. So it's kind of finding a balance. Yeah, this is this is solid gold information right here. So going back to the courses. Can you share like, or let's fast forward from your first course to now, what has online courses allowed you to do? I don't know if you can share any income or just any sort of life changes that your courses from Udemy or wherever you sell them uh, has allowed you to do. Well, I think as somebody has had certain success on this, I mean, like everything in life, the more success you have on something, the more world like life-changing experience you'll have from it right so in my case is being able to reach many people seeing how what i taught them actually had an effect in their lives you know like i've been able to meet people a few times not just by email but in person when i went back to spain last year and i had a little meetup of students spanish students and and they were all people that took my courses and they were able to add meaningful extra income on a very bad economy in spain uh, through my courses or even replace, replace their entire income with uh, either creating online courses or learning how to do animations or something like that. And that was extremely satisfying. Of course, there's all the other, the other side, the monetary benefit of it, which I originally was not expecting. Like like most people, I created an, an online course, I put it out there, I'm like, whatever, you know, I just, I'm happy to put it out there. And on the first year on Udemy, I made $90,000 $90, US and I'm, at that time, I had never made that amount of money in one year, and not I was not the least the place that I expected to make money was selling an online course, teaching something that I thought was not that interesting in the first place. So that really opened my mind to saying, "Wow, there is an, an amazing opportunity to teach online," and that's why I kept creating some courses. Right. So right now, I got just over twenty thousand students on Udemy. And on in terms of overall revenue that I've done creating online courses, both on Udemy and on on my through my site and through my finals and all of that, I think it's close to half a million dollars right now. How has that changed my life? I wouldn't think that has changed my life a lot because I I don't spend money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like if I were like if I like was like um, I don't know trying to buy sh stuff or like really I'm. In the last, my entire life, I've been able to live easily, comfortably with less than $30,000 a year. So I basically saved most of it. That right? is, it, and that, that is <laughs> so amazing. And that's so good. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of people think about making online courses to make some extra money to pay off debt or to buy extra things. But yeah. Uh, that I think is a better goal is, I mean, of course, paying off debt is probably the first thing you want yeah, to do. And yeah. that's actually what I've debt, done with, yeah. with I my own, yeah. yeah, with my own courses, I paid off my student loans and faster than I would have paid off my loans any other oh, yeah. way. It was amazing. Yeah. 
But now it's like you have this advantage and this privilege to be able to invest or to save and to plan for the future, which is so lucky. And it's so unfortunate that a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Um, yeah, because people don't, uh, people, they, they're so, uh, we're in general, populace is so ignorant about what to do with money or their relationship with money mm. that, uh, and just that they just buy stuff with, with credit. Like I've never, in my entire life, I never owe money to the bank ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I ever bought a house, it would be with cash. I don't want to owe money to the bank. Right. Uh, it's just me. I'm very conscious about like, for example, credit card interest. It's insane. Like 80, 18 percent compounded. <laughs> like, who, are you kidding? I don't want to give money for free. You know, so I've always paid my credit card bill before it, it, every single month for in my entire life for the last 20 years. I never missed a payment, you know, and if I didn't have the money. I didn't spend it. It's very simple. Just yeah, don't spend the money. It sounds have. very simple <laughs> and it makes complete sense to me, but unfortunately yeah. it's not. It, I think people just don't even understand that concept that yeah. you're borrowing money that you have to pay back. And if you don't pay it back in time, you're going to owe more. I think it's just like a concept yeah. people don't even learn here. In I know in the US that a lot of people don't learn that. So, yeah. well, that's a different podcast about financial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> planning, but, exactly, but it's, yeah. it's something that I'm really interested in. So, so you made almost half a million dollars with your online courses and yes. probably a lot of this is with Udemy. Uh, but I know that your experience on Udemy has been kind of fluctuated and compared to some people, you've, you haven't um, created as many courses, but you've still had so much success. So why yeah. why do you think like your courses have been so successful? And what ways are you promoting your courses on Udemy or before when you were promoting your courses on Udemy? So on like the reality is that I've never done any actual marketing of my courses on Udemy. So any of the income that came through Udemy was 95% based on what Udemy did for me through their marketing efforts. What really helped definitely was that I was one of the first instructors. So, you know, they just, they had this amount of, of marketing money to spend and there was less people to share it with. So I got more of those marketing dollars originally. So that really helped on the first uh, few years. After that, to be able to maintain the same type of income, I had to create more courses. So then it came to a moment where I'm like, what? again, it's like I asked myself, what do I want to accomplish? Do I want to create a hundred courses just to be able to make $200,000 a year? I could do that, but I'm not interested in that, right? Like I'm interested in teaching what I'm passionate about and creating a few courses and if it generates money and great, but you know, like that was, that was, I never had the the, the goal of, of just growing that Udemy into like a humongous uh, monster, right? right. Uh, so I, that's why I never created many, many courses and that's why I really never did any marketing uh, for those courses except last year. Uh, when I decided I want to learn more about marketing just because I was interested on, on learning more about internet marketing because I've been running an online business for uh, since 2010, so almost seven years, and I was able to to grow this business without almost no knowledge of online marketing. Like the only thing I ever did was blogging and then word of mouth, and that is just only two channels out of literally uh, like 
hundreds of different ways that you can generate traffic, right? So I thought, let's learn more about this. What does it take to generate traffic in other ways that are not just blogging and word of mouth? And then I realized that it's an entire humongous world out there of ways that you can generate traffic, like paid ads and social media marketing and events and YouTube webinars and, and podcasts YouTube and, <laughs> and it's like insane and each of those channels in itself it's an entire world that you could spend thousands of hours researching and becoming better at right yeah uh, so I was fascinated by that right and so last year I dedicated a lot of time and understanding what it takes to become a better marketer internet marketer and applying some of that knowledge uh, to to try to build a, a funnel, mostly out of curiosity to see what it takes. And I realized that it's extremely hard. <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder. Uh, the easiest thing you can do really is hope that Udemy does a great job promoting your courses. At least that was what I used to do. But now, as you know, it's a lot harder. It's not just that you upload the course and you can hope to make tens of thousands of dollars. You have to become a better marketer, right? Uh, so that that's what I've been trying to do. And obviously, one of my motivations to learn is that I also learned last year that building your own audience in and having that audience somewhat captive inside an email list is the best thing you can do. That asset, that email list, everybody was telling me was the most uh, valuable of all the things you could have. And I was not building that list because I never cared about it. So in order to build that list, I had to learn about marketing and create marketing funnels in order to build up that asset that unfortunately is very hard to do through Udemy. Yeah, right. Okay, so let's let's break down what a funnel actually looks like. I'm sure a lot of people listening already know the ins and outs of funnels, but I, I think a lot of people might be listening who have courses on Udemy, who have tried that thing. They're starting to get into building their own website and an audience, but what is the basics of an actual funnel? Well, a funnel is a series of steps that people can take typically online, if you're doing internet marketing, in which it's getting them closer to eventually a, a taking an action, which typically is uh, buying something or filling up a form so they get on the phone and you can uh, maybe sell them some kind of service or a product, right? How the, those series of steps take uh, that differ a lot depending on what you're trying to sell and what industry you are and you know, a bunch of things. But typically, the way it works is that the first thing you're trying to accomplish through a funnel is collect their email address. And from there, you can do a bunch of different things, but typically you're going to try to set, put them into a, the second logical step, which would be either send them directly to a sales page or now the more complex, well, this is what happens with funnels, the more complex it is, the more steps between that first interaction towards the sale, right? Because what you're trying to do with that funnel uh, essentially is build trust because trust is why eventually people buy. And to build trust, you need time. And, to, and, and what you're going to do with the time is all the marketing things you can do with a funnel, which is basically you're going to learn about you. They're going to go into an email sequence. So once they go into the email sequence, they'll learn about you, they'll learn about your products, you build that trust, and eventually they're more likely to buy. So all you're trying to do with that sales funnel is increase the likelihood of that somebody that found out about you buys from you. So the, 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 the most simple funnel is the one where it's just the sales page. And this is how I was selling courses before. I just had a sales page, and maybe some of my traffic from my blog ended up there, 
And there was one step funnel. It's either buy or not buy the, from the sales page. Now, when you start learning about this, it could be like a series of things. Like in my case, and in the case of many online marketers or uh, online teachers, people give you the email list on the thank you page. You invite them to an online webinar, which is an opportunity to learn about a specific topic. Once they go to the online webinar, then you teach them something. And at the end of that online presentation, there is an offer, which would be obviously your course or whatever you're selling. And then from that offer, you take them to a sales page and then they click buy and then you got your sales. So that's like the essential, simple, mm, let's say, uh, webinar funnel. And there's other types of funnels, but that's the one I've been using the most. And that's what, yeah, that's what I've seen a lot of people doing. So yeah. it's it's like you see it all the time now. So it's like, well, this must be working, the webinar system. Before we get into the webinars, though, you were talking about doing research and and finding out that there's all these different platforms or ways to build an audience from YouTube to your yes. blog. Is there yeah. something that for you you found the best um, the best in terms of the most people ending up on your email list, and then also the best in terms of converting to your email list? Yeah. So. Basically, there's three three types of traffic that anybody everybody should try, right? And one is uh, it's organic traffic or inbound marketing. This is basically you create amazing content online, and then people find it through searches or word of mouth. And then the second one is paid advertisement, where you spend money on ads, and hopefully somebody clicks on it, and they end up on your funnel. And the third one is uh, through affiliates. So people that already have existing audiences, they already build trust with this audience, and you establish a connection with them, a relationship, and then they promote your product on your behalf, and then mm, you get some sales. And they, on exchange, they keep an, an affiliate commission, which is about fi- typically 50%. Udemy is an, as a case of, of an affiliate, but there's also what they call JV partners, which are not, not companies, but individuals with big audiences, and you develop a relationship. In my case, the most effective way to generate leads is being through organic traffic. Uh, I tried paid traffic, and we still try paid traffic. Paid traffic is very, very hard to, um, to, uh, to make it work. Uh, there's many, many variables that are continuously changing, and ideally, what you want to do, obviously, is that you spend one dollar in advertising, you make at least a do- more than a dollar at the end of, of the of your funnel, the back end of your funnel, right? And, but to get to that point, it can be very, very expensive. And we've tried, and we've, you know, we're starting to be profitable, but this is after several several months doing it, right? And spending thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, so it's hard. That's so. To answer your question, that has not been the most efficient way of generating leads. I know that it would be if once you get a working funnel the more scalable one because then it's just a matter of spending more money because you know that at the end you're going to make more money, right? Right. I think the most sustainable one and the one that I've been most familiar with is through content marketing. It's just creating really good um, content that answers questions, that provides a lot of value to people and using social media to do that. In my case, it's been, for at least for Grumo Media, the blog has been number one resource for for leads. And then second to that is being YouTube. Uh, hands down YouTube and it, YouTube is, makes a lot of sense for online teachers because online teachers by default they're already teaching using video most of the time so they're used to being in front of the camera or teaching and YouTube is, is a great it's like a the second university of the internet where everybody <laughs> goes to find stuff right so <laughs> so if you're a really good teacher and you'll be able to get a lot of traction on YouTube and then you can funnel some of that traction onto your landing page is your funnel, right? So as the top of the funnel, YouTube 
uh, or blogging to me has been the most successful. I'm trying to crack the paid advertising one, and we just started to do some uh, affiliate with JV Partners. Uh, not not them promoting our products, which is maybe going to happen in a month with a guy that has a big email list, but as going through the process of being partners, uh, so promoting other people's products, because then you get to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's extremely complex. I don't know if you've gone through a launch uh, sequence from from doing as an affiliate they they provide you with the copy they you know like you have to be sending so many emails throughout the whole launching sequence and and then eventually you get some people from your email list to to buy that product and eventually they you split the revenue from the sales that you generated but it is quite complex yeah yeah you, i mean you spent like a year or more studying this stuff and you're still yeah you know, on your journey. So it's hard, it's hard to like jump right in and start being successful yourself. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. In terms of like tools that you're using for email marketing, for webinars, um, are there any that you recommend for beginners that are easy to Easy, cheap, or free to use? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like everything in life. The free stuff is usually not that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you really want to start to create a super f- simple funnel, you could just use WordPress, and then there's there's templates. You could use lead pages or something that allows you to create a simple kind of landing page. I mean, my first course, it was just a post. It was a post where it's like, I created this course, and there was a video of me saying, this is the course, and this is what is in the course. And at the end, there was a PayPal button, which PayPal is, a, you can create a free account. And all I did is I told my friends, hey, go to this page, and if you're interested, there's a PayPal button, and buy stuff, right? <laughs> so that's like the simplest way to get started. And yeah. the first month I did that, I sold that course for 97 bucks, 20 of those. So whatever 100 times that's 20. pretty good <laughs> two thousand bucks that was in 2011 uh you know in one month and i'm like wow that's not bad you know so i was able to monetize my 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 traffic easily with no idea of marketing i didn't know i didn't do any follow-ups with email automation or or who bought it who didn't buy like zero 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 so that's like the easiest way to get started now if you want to take this to the next level and uh, what happens with everything is that it gets harder and harder, and you know, like you know, it's, now a sales page by itself is very it's unlikely to, to convert, right? If you don't have any kind of traffic or existing audience, right? So the next step is 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 use the tools that almost everybody's using, right? So for for funnels, click funnels is a very popular one that we're using all the time. For email automation, we use Infusionsoft, but Infusionsoft is at least three hundred bucks a month, so it's a lot of money. It's not a good way to start. I would probably recommend you start with a convert kit, maybe, mm-hmm. or active campaign. Um, uh, and what else do we use? We what use about Think- your webinar tools. Oh, every, we use every webinar. So I tried uh, go to webinar is great for live webinars, uh, but for we're using uh, automated webinars. We use an uh, every webinar, uh, and, and we really like it because it it uh, it's about so. Let me see. It's <clears throat> I think it's like 300 bucks a year, so it's not that much. And it has a, it's really well done. For mm-hmm. automated webinars, it's, it's probably the best tool out there. And, and you can integrate it with, with Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign because what you want to do once you start getting into this is seg- segment 
people according to their actions, right? Email automation is not just about sending a bunch of emails, it's to decide which emails you send to people based on the actions that they took through your funnel. So you start getting these trees, decision <laughs> trees, that start getting freaking complex because you don't wanna send the same email to somebody that only watched 15% of your webinar, you uh, to that somebody that watched the offer and they didn't buy, uh, you know what I mean? The, for every single decision, there could be a potential different set of automated webinar, uh, sorry, emails that go after that, right? Uh, so, but that's it not. It can get really confusing. And I know oh, yeah. even for me, I, I haven't even gone that deep with my email list and my email yeah. sequences, but I did start last year at the beginning of 2016. I did start some sequences and f different sequences for different people that came in from different funnels. Mm -hmm. And I know I need to update them, but it's just something that I'm like, uh, I don't even want to go back and try to fix them or, or they're, they're converting a little bit, but I know it's something that I should go back and, and figure out. Um, I think the problem with, with me right now is that I went down the Udemy monster route of creating so many mm -hmm. courses that yeah. It's the course production process that takes 90% of my time and I haven't like stepped back from it and figured out the promotion side of it on my own. I have YouTube traffic. I have the blog. I have all kinds of different higher level uh, content marketing that yeah. is actually growing. Uh, yeah. It's the top of that funnel and there's a decent amount of traffic getting to my email list but then my email list is where I've slacked and I haven't really figured out how to properly not just sell, but also educate and nurture yeah. that audience. Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It, There's so many parts and like you could really spend thousands of hours on each part of the funnel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're building, you're building a, a business and and it's like I'm telling you, it's like it, I've been trying to do this for a year and it's like, wow, it's just when you dig just like on the nurturing side of, 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 of dealing with an email list. Well, that is that you have to like come up with a bunch of content on a regular basis, maybe weekly because you don't want to overwhelm your list, but you don't want them to forget you. And then you, you got to come up with all this content. So it's not just that you're creating content. Uh, as an online instructor, your courses is now you gotta come up with regular content to keep building and nurturing that audience. So there's two sides of creating content there, right? Uh, so yeah, I see what you, why why it's hard. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So with the webinars, uh, so this is something that you've been doing a lot, and I think it's something a lot of people would be interested in starting a, a webinar. What what is it about webinars that makes them so good for selling an online course? Um, I think so the whole idea of the funnel as I said is to build trust mm -hmm. so you can build trust by sending emails or they can read your blog post but any tool like a webinar is like a live presentation uh, and live presentations like I'm talking a physical live presentation is, 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 is proven to be the highest converting type of marketing channel that there is it's not unusual that people go to one of these Life events and 50% or 80% of the people convert at the end. They, they go to the back of the table, they end up giving the email address or buying something. Like I've met a lot of these marketers that do this and it's just mind blowing. Like those type of conversions are insane. So what you're trying to do is use those tools that allow you the highest conversion for, for the amount of effort that you put into it. And it turns out webinars being the next best, best thing after a live event it kind of makes sense that they convert well because, and specifically for an online instructor, because a webinar, it, it's 
typically an opportunity to teach. Mm -hmm. You're going to teach people something. So it's a great opportunity for some potential uh, student or buyer to learn your teaching style, to see if you can actually teach, to learn and build that trust with you. And it's like, okay, this guy not only says they can teach, he can teach. I actually learned something. It's true. And then by logical extension, if you want to learn more, this is, this is happens at the transition. If you want to learn more, well, this is this is our program. This is where we're gonna we're gonna dig further and deeper into this topic, right? So it's a great transition tool and a, a way of building trust in 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 a, a very fast, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, people you have their entire attention for an hour, an hour and a half, which is a lot of attention these days. Having somebody paying attention to you for sixty or ninety minutes is amazing, yeah. right? <laughs> so you you can do a lot in sixty minutes to build trust. And that's why it's such a great tool. Yeah, yeah. So from the time you started doing your webinars till now, what have you learned to be successful and what have you kind of tweaked from the beginning? Any like mistakes that you've made or any just like the way you format a web webinar or specifically what you're teaching in a webinar, like the moment when you start to sell your course at the end, what, what kind of things have you noticed that have been successful? Well, so we've tried maybe seven iterations of our current webinar and still not converting as far as, as much as we would like. So that just gives you an idea of how much effort it takes, right? Uh, what we've learned, let me see. The current version is working very well and it's because, well, uh, we, we've spent a lot of time making sure that we're teaching something very specific, you know, uh, and this case we're teaching people how to build, you know, how to generate uh, $100,000 a year selling online courses in this particular webinar, right? So I just teach them exactly what it takes. And, and from the response that we get now, after doing this for six months, people love it. They say, like, wow, I learned so much. I didn't know this was amazing. I think the hard thing is to find a balance between giving too much information and, and or not enough that is, is valuable enough. If you give too much information, people are like, well, I learned enough. Why am I going to dig further, right? Uh, or I'm overwhelmed. This is too hard for me. If you don't give enough, they're like, why do I spend a, an hour just listening to this guy pitching me something, right? Uh, so it's hard to find a, a good balance. I think we found the good balance. And then I think the hardest part, at least for us, is how to get people uh, to buy, basically, on the transition, right? To me, it still feels that we're at a point where it's too... Uh, pitchy or salesly, mm -hmm. salesly or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we, we were using the formulas or frameworks that we've learned from other people that say this is the way to do it. So I didn't want to assume what is the best way to do a webinar. Uh, I first go to the expert and try to figure out how it works. But to consolidate that information in a way that feels true to me, it's been the hardest part. I mm -hmm. think we're getting really, really close. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, no, that I think that that mm. helps a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Just just the the idea that about teaching too much or too little, you you do want to like make sure it's valuable, but also like leave out enough of what you're going to ultimately give them in the final product. Uh, so like get them up to a point where they're excited about it and interested in learning more, but. They're, they're like, they want to keep going and then you come in with your, your pitch for your product. I guess that's kind of the best way to do it. Yeah. The, so there's another thing that I've learned and actually I was talking to a guy that builds uh, uh, sales funnels. His name is Greg Hickman. And he has a company basically where you can hire him from and he'll do all of this for you. And obviously he's been exposed to a lot of the top marketers uh, funnels 
And it's very important to understand that not all traffic is the same. And the problem that is, is, is what's going to happen on your funnel and the, how it's going to convert really depends on who is actually watching the, 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 the course. So it, it, it depends, like you can get a lot of traffic, but it's low quality, right? You can get a lot of uh, in traffic from Facebook ads, but if it's people that have not been targeted properly, they maybe don't have the income or they're not the right fit, then you may have tons of people attending your webinar, but they, they're not at the right stage to buy. And so you have to understand which is the, how are you getting these people, right? The best type of traffic you can get is the warmer it is, the better, right? So if it's traffic that is coming to your webinar after watching an hour of video on YouTube or reading a bunch of posts on, on, fa on our Facebook or on your blog, you've already kind of established certain relationship. So that traffic is great, it's gonna convert better. Right now, we're, in my opinion, and from what I talked to Greg yesterday, we're doing the hardest thing of all, which is trying to convert cold traffic. That means people that never heard about us, we don't have any relationship or trust from Facebook, into a buy, basically one with one them to buy within like two hours of clicking on the, on the email, right? And that is very, very hard. These people, they're not ready to buy. That's the thing. They're not ready to buy. So that's why it's very hard to convert people cold traffic into into sales anywhere, even if with a webinar, right? Uh, so what is the solution? Well, he was mentioned is that once you've identified, you can either do two things. If you, all your traffic is really cold, you you shouldn't send them directly to a webinar right away because they're not going to buy. They're not ready. Uh, you should. Send them to an email sequence where you build trust and eventually send them to a web webinar which sells the course. So you're, you're basically extending the size of the funnel so you can have more time to warm up these people to you. And once they're warm enough, now isn't you where you're gonna uh, sell them. Because if by the end of, let's say, seven emails, they're still subscribed to you and opening your emails, you know that they're listening to you. They're now they're in a better position for them to buy. Right. Yeah. But it just means it's a lot more work to get to warm up people. Right. Yeah. So uh, like that, does that mean that instead of sending someone from like, say you have YouTube content or a blog content instead of like in your on your website or at the end of your YouTube video saying, hey, click here to sign up for my full webinar. Would it be better to just say click here to sign up for my email list for whatever topic and then like eventually just like sneak in the email about the webinar yeah well it's not so much yeah i guess sneaking is a, it's I mean, a good not, word, not but like sneaking yeah. that's not the right term but yeah i know what you mean eventually you're going to mention because you're the final is taking them towards a specific point right so i guess my question though is like i feel like a webinar is a great lead magnet to get someone onto your email list or it seems to be too. so like i guess how what's the best way from our YouTube videos to try to get someone onto our email list? Is it to pitch the webinar or is it to just pitch some other lead magnet that's related to that topic? And then I think the, the, so from what I've, uh, these are hard questions, Miguel. No, it's, it's that I've tried both. I tried both and, and it, it's hard because it really depends on what did they see on the video. If it was just a five minute video, they didn't get enough time to know about you. So, you maybe shouldn't go into like a, a sales webinar. It could be an informational webinar, basically, which is just a class. I'm going to teach you something. And then in the end, you don't sell them anything. You say, hey, uh, here's 
if you want to hear more about this, let me know. Or fill mm. a, a, a popular one is either fill in a survey or an application, right? The survey allows you to learn more about that specific uh, potential customer. So then you can segment them into different places to see how warm they are, right? Mm -hmm. And I think with Derek Hatburn, who is also very successful in their market, that says that people are either oblivious, informed, or ready to buy or something like that. So if they're oblivious, they don't even know that there's a solution out there. Then they're not, when you tell them, hey, this is today how we're going to solve your problems. It's like, I didn't even know I had a problem. So it's a different type of person than somebody that already knows about, hey, there's like 25 different options out there. I just want to know which one is the best. You don't have to tell me that online courses are the best way of monetizing my knowledge. I know that. I just want to know if you are the right, right person to teach me this. So you don't have to go to like 10 emails telling them why online courses are great. They know they're great. They just want to know if you're the right person. So then you need a way of segmenting this type of traffic. It's like, okay, click here if you've never created an online course or click here if... You've created online courses and you never made any sales. You know what I mean? And so, so through that and with like Infusionsoft or ConvertKit or some other software, it, it automatically will do that. You don't have to like sit there, look through the search result or the survey results and, you know, copy and paste their email address to different lists. Exactly. You can do that with email automation, with through tagging, right? When they click on this link, it's very easy to attach a, a, a trigger to that link that puts them on a different sequence, right? Got it. Got it. Okay, so what are your thoughts about pr pricing your products now versus like what you've done on Udemy where the price might be one thing, but the average selling price is probably a lot less. And now what your more premium products that you're selling on webinars, how are you pricing your products now? So on Udemy, I went back to the original pricing because the only time where we had to force to change our prices it was last year when they, I think the maximum you could charge was 50 bucks. Uh, but after that went and now we can charge up to 200, right? Right. So I, I brought all my courses to the same amount and I can see now they, luckily, <laughs> all the sales came up as well. So they were trying, that that experiment was not a good one. They yeah. did <laughs> Not for everybody, for Udemy and for the because Udemy already was known as the as the place where most of the courses, ninety nine percent of courses, are sell by ten bucks on these these deals. So they they train the whole world to do that. So, but it's great. I mean, the sales are still they're and so over. just to interrupt about Udemy, it sounds like you're not really promoting your courses on Udemy much, but are they yeah. still making some decent sales? Yeah. Not as much as before, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, no, I think I'm starting to, pretty soon I'm going to be making more money on my own than on Udemy, for okay. sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, no, like, no, I haven't done any efforts. Like, And I know, like, I'm still at a point where I'm like, do I want to spend so much time learning about marketing? Man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> uh, I just could create more courses or update my courses. I, one of the things I could do is just update my courses, right? right? And I have existing students and then cross-promote them and all of that. And maybe uh, find other instructors like you've done uh, and co-create courses. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that I could do, right? But uh, I think but I, this is totally fits your style of like wanting to invest your time and energy up front for something that's going to be more worthwhile in the long run. And so even right now, uh, if it seems like it's not worth it, I, I definitely think that everything you're learning right now is going to come to fruition in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 I think there'll be a certain return on this investment, of, uh, at least in marketing. Uh, also, this year, I'm actually... 
focusing on learning a lot of things that won't have any return on investment just because like I say, I, 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 I don't want to focus just on things that are going to increase my bank account, you know, levels, right? I might have happy level. I don't spend a lot of money and I don't need a lot of money. So what else can I do with my time? Well, learn about other things. Like, you know, I have a list of, I, I just did a post on my, on, on my blog where I said, what am I going to learn this year? I want to learn about quantum mechanics, about artificial intelligence, about biographies of very successful people, a lot of these things I will never be able to apply uh, or never be at a point where I'm an expert enough to teach other people or maybe not even interested in teaching other people, right? So there's not a way of monetizing this knowledge directly or maybe not even indirectly, but that's a different topic. In terms of marketing, I do think, like you said, that my time, you know, entire year is devoted to learning more about marketing. It can have a big impact in, in the bottom line uh, eventually because that's what all marketers and online businesses need to become good at in order to generate sales, yeah. right? So maybe not, right now I'm not seeing a big uh, results, but eventually I'm sure that I see some. Yeah, definitely. So just, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but back to the premium products, what are you pricing your your premium product that you're selling on your webinars? And I don't know, just if you can share any sort of stats in terms of like how many email subscribers are you getting? How many people are actually watching your webinars? And... Yeah, um, yeah, any I'll do conversions that. <laughs> that you're making. Yeah, okay. So uh, let me see. The, we try different pricings, but right now we have three options, and we're testing to see if this makes sense or not. But they can either spend seven hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, or then they do uh, they call us, and that's for done for you services, which would be anywhere from five thousand to fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. And we got a couple of clients that right now are paying um, like a monthly amount to do that. I don't know if we have three clients. I don't know exactly. My partner is taking care of that because I didn't want to do all the service part of things, right? Yeah, the time. It's a lot of work. Stuff. It's like yeah. you could do that. You can make a lot of money. I know, but I've been running a, a service-based business for six years, and I know how much work it is, right? Uh, in terms of the product side, so they can take that. Uh, we're selling that course for 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 two different prices. The only different, the only difference between the two prices is that one gets more support. So one is you do it yourself. And you just go like, it's kind of like a Udemy course. You get a Facebook group, so you get some community aspect to it. And the other one is that you get at least four weekly calls where we sit with you or I think they're group calls where we help you solve the problem. We get you get we help you get unstuck. And for that, they pay a little extra money mm -hmm. for that. Uh, in terms of conversions, from what I've researched, and it's very, by the way, if you find numbers, I'm trying to find numbers because it's so hard to find numbers. Nobody wants to disclose them. But, yeah, right. But you have like these ideas of what is, for example, at every single stage of your funnel, there is a conversion rate. It's how many people go through and how many people you lose, right? So at the opt-in level, right, we're getting 67% conversion. You know what? I don't know if that is really good or not. I've heard that that's pretty good. but That sounds really good for like your land, your webinar website page with your opt-in form with the opt-in form that is 67 percent. okay i think that's pretty good but i've heard people say yeah i don't know anyways but who cares about that well that is pretty good but then it's the thank you page where they get get to subscribe so we get about i think 40 percent of the people that get to the thank you page get onto the they subscribe to the webinar but 
I it's very, by the way, it's very hard to track these numbers because we know 40% show up, but we don't know if they're showing up because they, they subscribe right away or because there's a sequence. Mm. As soon as they get the, the gift, we send them four emails reminding them to go to the webinar. So eventually we get about 40% showing up. Uh, sorry, registering for the webinar, which is not the same as showing up for the webinar. So now we get another number. How many people show up? So right now we got, uh, I have the numbers here. <laughs> I think it's, it's actually very good. I think it's 40, 46%. 46% of the people that give us their, that register for the webinar actually end show. up on the webinar. Mm-hmm. Out of those people, 50% see the offer. So I still don't know if that's good or not. So, so that's people like, who have... Watch the entire webinar up to the point where you make the offer. Yeah, and you can segment them on, and you can see that on every webinar with that. You can see see how many people watch past certain times. So if you know your offer was at 60 minutes, you can see all the people that were watching the webinar at uh, past 60 minutes. So you know they were exposed to that, right? So that's, in our case, 50% get to that point. And then after that, the people that out of the entire funnel that end up buying, I'd say it's slightly less than 1%. So but we've heard that a good webinar should convert anywhere between five and ten percent. So we're really like not converting properly, like mm. almost ten times less than it should. Mm. So obviously something screw up, or we're not getting their numbers right, or I, I, you know, I don't know because that's why I was talking to Greg Hickman yesterday. He's like, "Can you tell me what are we doing wrong?" And he said, "You're not doing anything wrong, but maybe because." Call traffic directly to webinar. He said in 2017, you know, I don't think that's going to work anymore because everybody's doing the same thing. And not only that, uh, you may get some sales, but because you're spending so much money on ads, you're not making money. So right. the people that he's working for is people that have uh, products. He was telling me people that they directly to webinar that is because they have very high ticket products. So either they're, they're cost consulting or service uh, fees or products that are over three thousand dollars. It's like if you can, because if you're gonna get one sale for three thousand dollars, you're if, willing to pay for your leads a lot more money. As long yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So he said for a thousand dollar course, face, face, call Facebook traffic uh, directly to webinar. I'm not surprised it doesn't convert that well. And it, and it's like it's gonna be very hard for you to make that profitable. I'm like, I don't know. We, we're trying. So that's really interesting, and it's also really interesting to note for people listening who are interested in getting into the webinar game that you know you're not going to want to sell your 25 dollar course on no. webinars with facebook ads i mean you could like i've seen case studies like jeff coins and he he teaches people how to blog and make money blogging or something like that his price point is 150 bucks he does daily because the other thing is how many times you're going to do these webinars he does you can select three three times a day every day of the year so that's over a thousand webinars that he's running and apparently he's making over six hundred thousand dollars a year but he's spending half of that just in advertising so he's spending over three hundred thousand dollars a year in advertising to make three hundred thousand dollars well that's fine he's doubling his money right but to get to that point i don't know you know are those automated webinars or are some of those live all automated yeah Yeah. okay i mean i guess if you could build that system and have it all automated it's worth it yeah but it's not that the other thing is that and also this is, is a, a maybe false advertisement is that it's just like you let it go and it's going to generate money forever. No, no. To have keep generating traffic that is consistently um, converting is the hardest part of the equation. You may have a working funnel, but you still need to have to feed this funnel with constantly every day with leads. And the problem is that 
the algorithm in Facebook and on Google is continuously changing. So you have to adapt your advertising all the time. And for that, you have to most likely end up hiring a company if you want to scale this. Mm-hmm. We did this and we were paying at least a thousand bucks a month just to have a company to run our ads mm. so they could keep generating constant leads. You know what I mean? It's not like you just set it up and forget it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, this is, you know, this is amazing stuff. And I can tell that it's, we can, we're going to have another yeah, podcast in, in a couple months to see where you're at and just, yeah, see, see when your conversions get higher. I'm sure they will. Um, and it, Going back to online courses and the interview, do you have any um, idea? What's your goal for the next like three to five years for you as a as not just a course creator, but as uh, with all of your online businesses? Do you have any envision vision for yourself in the next three to five years? Um, well, I like to be very happy, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm already very happy. So, in, I mean, in terms of online courses. Um, I don't have very specific goals. I like to get this funnel working. Um, and, and maybe something I was, I've been thinking to do for a while is, is I like to create more great content on YouTube. Like I'm a big fan of channels like Veritasium and Vsauce and they're very inspiring. And I, I, I really like how they're bringing to the masses really complex concepts in, in physics and mathematics and science and all of that. And I'm, I'm very, uh, I really love that stuff, right? And uh, and because and I like video and animation, something I maybe like to have is, is a channel that has certain uh, popularity, bringing complex concepts to the masses. And mm. eventually, if you get enough traffic and audience, you could, I could monetize that. Once you have the traffic, I n- now I know how to monetize it, so that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, and mm. so that's kind of like one of the things I like to do, and maybe spend more time in Spain because. Of course, I, I love Spain. Yeah. So wait, do you still have family in Spain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So most, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got my ankles. My mom lives in there. Like my parents uh-huh. died, divorced many, many years, like a few years before we moved. And that was 20 years ago. So I go back to uh, Spain almost every year. Nice, nice, cool. So do you have any inspirational people from all your research that you've done that would help online teachers and I mean even your website and your your course or webinar you can share that and and just uh, how people can get in touch with you yeah of course so um, there is a a book uh that that is really good for teachers it's called teach and grow rich by Danny Ini he's uh he actually teaches people how to create online courses and he's been doing he's probably one of the most successful on this industry right now um, and it's a really good book that basically talks about and that, about what it takes to become a successful online teacher today. And there's another book called Badass, Making Users Awesome by, by Kathy Sierra, which I read recently. And the name is very misleading because it's not so about making users awesome. It, it really is about the science of learning and what it takes for people to learn and, uh, from um, almost a neuro... neurological level right and um, and it's great because if you're teaching you want to know what is the most efficient way of teaching so people actually uh learn and she has like a a a series of methods that she says this is how according to how our brains work you need to be able to package information so people can actually learn it so that was a really good book badass uh and then in terms of blogs i'm a big fan of 
Wait But Why uh, mm. by Tim Irvin, who is mm. also a great mm, communicator and mm, mm, complex con concepts like artificial intelligence and, and cryogenics and you name it. He's been able to create really fun blog posts. Uh, to find me, all you have to do is go to groomomedia.com. Nice. That's where I am, man. Or grumo.com. Grumo.com, if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, I uh, you'll get a piece of my mind. Nice. <laughs> and is that where you're teaching people about course creation oh, no. too? No, no, no. So for the that funnel, the, the, the funnel where we're teaching people basically how to monetize their knowledge, uh, creating online courses, that is at marketyourcourse.com. Dot com. Marketyourcourse.com. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure that people listening will be interested in checking that out as well. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Miguel, thank you so much for your time. And like I said, we're definitely going to have to have a another recap interview in the in the 2017 to see how you're doing yeah, and, with everything. And I really hope that you can outsource. And for sure, this podcast it has to be in the hands of somebody else. It will be. That's what I'm going to do today or tomorrow. I'm going to figure that out for sure. <laughs> awesome. It's great talking to you, Phil. Cool. Thanks a lot, Miguel. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.